Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path to recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Glenn H., what up, man? What's up, man? How you doing, Mikey? I'm doing good today, man. I feel uh, I, I had the double, I had the double tall. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, yeah. So a little supercharged this I morning. I can tell. I can tell. You know what? I, I always love says we're on our own path of recovery. Right. Um, you know, and, and 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 part of that path for me, I mean, just you know, as we get ready for our guest here, table for three. I love ding, table, ding, ding, ding. Love right. table for three. Right. right. Um, but there is there is a very painful part of my path mm-hmm. the start mm-hmm. um my my path today is not painful mm-hmm. um but there was a period of time maybe 12 maybe 18 months it was painful mm-hmm. physically mentally and and it just took a lot to get to the next minute sometimes mm-hmm. the next hour mm-hmm. and i'm just grateful that i that that i hung in there and stuck with it it's, it's less painful today it is, and but it's and very rewarding today. Yeah, and you know, I don't think we do that because because we only get together for a half hour every week, right? right? I don't think we really get to unpack just how painful it was, and and you know, not that it's not the detail; it's the depth of pain in our soul that we had at one point. And yeah, some of it was based on detail. You know, we didn't have the house, we didn't, we lost the house, the car, the wife, the you know, we we lost stuff. But but we lost ourselves, and and that was the painful part about it because you had no connection with the only person you you had, which was yourself. And I don't think we go into depth, but then no, again, I don't, I, I don't do. want people driving off the road going. No, but, ah! no, but I, I think it's good to paint a realistic picture. I right. saw some personal and social media yesterday. There were six days sober. Yeah, and and That's, all they all they were talking about the pain, and and they want the pain to go away, and right. they're pissed because the pain hasn't gone away. Right. Right. In six days, right? Oh, and, uh, so interesting. Yeah, you know, yes. I'm like, I'm like, man, my my pain, my pain lasted eighteen months or so. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, um, I mean, maybe that's because of my path, right? But right. you know, hey, uh, I'm 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 grateful that the pain part is gone, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the the pain I have today is is pain of growth, right? You know, that's right. a lot different than having pain pushed upon you. Mm. But uh, no, I'm, I'm grateful to be here with uh, you, man. Ham Tundi, good segue because we do have a table for three Love today. It. And uh, before we get into it, I just got to tell you, it's like you say, it's funny how these things work. Part of, and I feel this pain thing that we had, and and it takes time to heal. Um, the the table for three, the guest we have this morning is Derek Castleman, and. And uh, one of the chapters of his books talks about uh, how it takes, you have to appreciate that things are going to take time. And, and you know, I was really appreciative. And it's so, so funny that you bring that up because that was one of the chapters in the book. Talked about that. Talked about embracing the fact that things, Derek, don't always go on our timeline, do they? Uh, no, they don't. Actually, I, that's why I thought it was really interesting the way that you guys were kind of talking back and forth there um, because I think that's kind of one of the most interesting things in recovery I'd have to say is I don't know if it's more and maybe I I think this might be a thing uh, is that 
and our addictions were so used to that getting that instant satisfaction yes. of whatever whatever our drug of choice is mm-hmm. and now we're hitting sobriety and we want kind of like that in, instant like instant gratification that instant satisfaction why isn't it coming fast right. enough like why is this right. not right and 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 honestly i think even in my own recovery and even as writing that book the thing that i started realizing more and more was it's kind of funny and it's hard to say this to like the newcomers but a big thing to understand is that it's just how long did we spend in our addictions just destroying or messing with our lives mm-hmm. and why would we expect everything to be good just and, instantly <laughs> yeah right just add water you know? and everything's gonna go away the relationships will be healed the car's gonna show up in your driveway and you're gonna have the dream job that you always wanted right yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way does it derek no it doesn't and i think it's just that's a huge thing to understand is that you know things get better like but it just it, it takes time time has to you know so yeah it was really interesting how you guys mm-hmm. were kind of uh, talking about it at the beginning here so, you know, the, the, the book that uh, Derek authored is a book called A Stoic Guide, uh, Guidebook, I'm sorry, A Stoic Guidebook for Recovery, Ancient Philosophy for a Better Life After Addiction. And um, I've read the book, and it is, uh, I, it's funny because I went into it going, you know, I have no, I, I never looked at the grand, the great ancient philosophies in life. You know, I, I picture a little Buddha dude, you know, with little tambourines and going humada, 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 and that's philosophy. The book opened my eyes to uh, to the uh, grander appreciation of philosophies that are built on virtues that are built to, to for the betterment of myself. I mean... I loved reading what I, I read, and and um, I want Derek to kind of unpack it a little bit, but as as he entered the coffee shop, we said, oh, man, we only got a half hour, and then we got to blow, you know, and he's like, I know, but it, so we're going to try and cram a lot into 20 minutes, but um, but I think it's worthwhile, and, and I'll close, and I'll open with saying it, it's a good book to, it's it's a great resource to have on your, on your bookshelf, and uh, the first thing I want to do, Derek, is a stoic Stoic is a philosophy, but that's what let's call that with a capital S because my brain went into it. Well, I, I remember the word stoic. Oh, somebody was stoic. Oh, he's stoic. Okay, let's clear up that differentiator right off the bat so that people don't think that stoic is stoic. No, it's it's true. I, I remember even when I first like uh, started studying this philosophy, and I would tell like my mom about it and different family members about it and friends, and they thought it was something like horrible because yeah, we do think of stoic as kind of like this unemotional person right. that has been like unmoved and nothing will like you he know saw, affect he them. saw the tra- he saw the plane crash and he was stoic about it. Yeah, and it's and and that's why they've started they have such the distinguishing between the two terms is that a stoic with a capital S is someone who studies the philosophy whereas the stoic person with the lowercase s is who we usually think of because what's interesting is is that the stoic philosophers and maybe this is why that other term the lowercase one came from yeah, they're dealing with a lot of emotional stuff and regulating your emotions, but it's more of in a way that 
what they want you to do is regulate like your negative emotions. Like it's kind of this idea of are there ways to sort of deal with like our negative emotions in more of a healthier way and be able to handle like the difficulties of life. And really they want to emphasize having more positive emotions from you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so really, I think that's kind of maybe where the two terms related, but at the same time, you know, a stoic who follows the philosophy, yeah, if they see a plane crash or something like that, they're going to be impacted yes, by that. Yes, you know, right, it's right. it's going to be something that they do view as tragic. It's just they're going to have their own ways of dealing with those emotions themselves. Right, great. Now I'm going to play Glenn here for a second because Glenn is going to want to back the bus up here a, a couple <laughs> of steps, a block or so. Um, what, what made you write a book? I mean, and and how does stoic... How does Stoic philosophy blend into recovery? So he's going to ask those two questions. He doesn't have to talk. He's got a sore throat. So I'll, and then also I speak thirdly, Glenn. and, and then, thirdly, yeah, yeah, you uh, do. I you speak, speak Glenn. Glenn very well. And then thirdly, how does that specifically relate to, relate to your story? Right. Right. Okay. Um, well, the way that Stoicism kind of related to my recovery, I'll kind of start with there and lead into the other ones. Is that um, you know. I was basically, it was during the times of COVID, locked away, like in, in our houses, and I'd had, you know, what was it, maybe like a year and a half or so of recovery underneath my belt, and I was kind of like in this moment where I was sort of feeling like that stagnation. I'd worked the steps and stuff like that, you know, and like, like I had my sobriety underneath me, but there were all these kind of like questions or things that I'd been wondering or like this missing piece to everything. And it was funny because it was actually, I was staying at a sober living and it was one of my roommates in sober living who was the one that actually introduced me to the whole concept of studying this. He, um, me and him used to have just deep like conversations and he was like, man, there's, he's like, you should like really check out this philosophy called stoicism and might start answering some of those questions. And so that's when I started looking it up and I was kind of like floored and fascinated with the, um, with what it was saying, because, uh, I guess getting at what the whole purpose of stoicism is, is it's a philosophy of life. It's kind of trying to look at, well, what is the meaning of life? Like, what is the purpose that we have here? And what the Stoics kind of in their philosophy of life, there's all different types of views of what the meaning of life is. And for them, their view of what the meaning of life is, is that we are here to be the best person that we possibly can be. We are here to live a virtuous life. If you can every single day of your life strive for being a person with good morals, good character, you know, be virtuous. If you can strive for that every single day, then you can finish off every single day knowing that you have lived the best way that you could possibly live. And for me, that was such a big point in recovery because when I looked back at my addictions, that was something that was definitely missing in my life. In fact, even, even in my early sobriety, it was something that I was still missing was like, 
what was my main goal every single day that I should be living other than just to be sober? Mm-hmm. And that seemed like a kind of a valid goal for me. Right. And um, can I can I interject for a second? The, yeah. The book, so the book goes into, into Stoic, right, in the virtues mm-hmm. and the philosophies and the approaches. But intertwined into the book is, is your story, Derek. And the fact, like I'm getting goosebumps because the fact that you're sitting here talking about quality of life issues and, and purpose and all that stuff, I mean... You were a man beaten down by your addiction. I mean, you had, you know, you're, everyone's got their own bottom, and you had a bottom, and then you found a new bottom, and then you found a new bottom. And, and, and it's a, your story is amazing because, you, and I don't want to tell your story. I'd like you to share a little bit, but, I mean, you were homely. You, you were homeless. I mean, you were, you were without worldly goods. You, you, had, you had busted down into, into the basement. Oh, yeah, no, pretty much, you know, that, well, that was, the second bottom was the first time I experienced homelessness, and uh, just, luckily, I had enough in the bank that I could stay in, like, cheap motels, so I didn't get to feel the full extent, but my third and final bottom was just, I had lost literally everything. I had destroyed my career. I was like a former teacher. My credential had been stripped from me, so I couldn't even work anymore because I was showing up to the classroom drunk. Um, My family had given up on me through my other bottoms. My friends had given up on me as well. And so, no, I was definitely, that was the thing is it's, you. I do have to say that hitting that final bottom was the thing that did bring me to my step one is what I always say in my mm-hmm. story is mm-hmm. where I'm just like, okay, this is okay. My life is definitely unmanageable. And like, I, I'm, I'm through with this all, you know? Right, right. Um, and I needed to find kind of like a whole new path at that point. So yeah, that final bottom was definitely one, which, yeah, I was like I always say, as I was just down to pretty much just the clothes on my back and mm-hmm. had to start all over from there. Right. At that point, you know, yeah. it's amazing. And here, and here we sit, and you've authored a book, you've embraced a philosophy. Uh, you know, you're out there trying to support other people to a better way of life through sobriety, and then through a philosophy or an approach of a better way of life and and i think it's a it's amazing it's amazing having read the depths of your story uh just the heights that you sit at now it, it amazes me well yeah it's um you know and i guess that was the, the other earlier question which is you know well write why writing the book and why did i choose to do this to help people in recovery as well i know that it's something that worked for me um, it's something that really, really helped out. I've searched online. There's other people that have found stoicism helped in their own recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, another reason why I know that it's kind of really helpful is that stoicism is actually like the basis of cognitive behavior therapy, mm-hmm. which is uh, CBT for it, for anyone out there. If you've Love been CBT. to, mm-hmm. yeah, and and the guys who actually like created cbt basically said it's just it's just stoicism it was literally that was their guidelines for making that form of therapy and i was just kind of like well if this therapy 
you can even find there's a book out there which is cognitive behavior therapy and stoicism that like a therapist actually wrote and so i was just like okay there's other people out there that have read stoicism and it helped their recovery we know that cbt helps people with recovery and so everything's pointing that this could be something a philosophy that could help someone's own path mm -hmm. but the only issue at the time was no one ever just wrote a straight up stoicism and recovery book right right it's yeah when i i contacted other stoic philosophers and they would give me advice but they would always tell me they're just like well like i'm not like I'm not in recovery or I've never been an addict. So this is the best advice I can give you. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just kind of wanted to give so, like every, like someone else out there in case they had my situation, a source that they could go to where they could see, okay, well, this is how this philosophy relates to recovery pretty much. Right. And I go ahead, go on. No, I just wondered how, how long ago was the book published? It was recent, right? Yeah. The book came out um, just in September. On it okay. is when it came of out. 2023, you know? right? Yeah. Yep. So it's just a month and a month and a half, almost coming up on almost two months ago. That's you know? great. And and <laughs> what kind of experiences is this leading to? I mean, connecting with with who? I mean, how are you getting your story out there? Clearly, coming on sober Die coffee. You know, mm -hmm. get you in front of what twelve million people, Mike? Or? <laughs> well, just short of twelve million. About twelve million <laughs> short of twelve yeah. million. Yeah. So you know, I mean, but but how is this helping you move forward in your recovery journey? You know, it's it's one. It's helping me out because you know it's opening me up new connections with new people in recovery. Some people who have hit me up that have read the book and like kind of sharing with them. Um, I'm going to be making an audiobook version of it. And mm -hmm. people that were auditioned for the audiobook, they were people that were also in recovery. Mm. And so it started leading to conversations with them about that. I think one of the coolest things, more most recently, that just actually happened last week is there's like another website out there called like the Sober Curator, mm -hmm. which is kind of like an, yeah, we've they're like on, an We've had them on the show. Yeah, yeah totally. right. Right. Yeah. Gary, so I'm going to yeah. be, Love yeah, how works. yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm going to end up being one of the people that's contributing on like the so Sober Curator doing kind of like a philosophy column on that mm -hmm. to start sort awesome. of like leading that out there. And so I think what has been really cool about the book is that not only has it been like an accomplishment for me to basically in my own life, I always wanted to write a book ever since I was a kid. But it's now also putting me in touch with the recovery community mm -hmm. in more deeper ways than like I was living before, mm -hmm. you know, where mm -hmm. I was just I was always going to meetings and I would connect with people online. But I'm finding myself on like a deeper path into the recovery community, which is actually leading to even a strong like strengthening my own recovery and a stronger sense of like, you know, feeling connected with even more people out there is yeah. what it's done. It's all about connection. Yeah. Right? I love you. I love yeah. your service and I love, there's a, there's a piece. I mean, for if somebody is looking for encouragement to, to buy the book or read the book, and I think it's a good read and it certainly isn't going to hurt anybody to read it because it's, it's just full, so full of positive, but the one you framed it out in one, I don't know if these are your words or, or your co-authors words, but um, you know, it, it's like, so sco stoicism is is like the serenity prayer on steroids it, it you bust it down and it's like 
it that's it and 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 so if somebody's like well what's the book about well that's what it is man it's like the serenity prayer which anybody in recovery has heard you know it, on steroids is it, was that your did you coin that or you, you know what's funny is i did not coin that t- phrase at all that actually came from when i contacted another stoic philosopher and i was asking him questions and he was just like he was like you know i'm not i've I haven't dealt with addiction and I haven't, you know, I'm not in recovery, but I talked to someone else who had, and he, that that's what the other person had said to the stoic philosopher is just like, oh, this is just the serenity prayer on steroids. And that's another reason why, like, I found it good for my own recovery. And I think it could help out others too, is that one of the things underlining everything, that's their whole, that's kind of one of the main points of what they're saying is that, you know, as we're trying to live this life to be the best person possible, one of the best ways to get to that point is if you're living the serenity prayer. Because I, and I like to mention it so much, is that we hear the serenity prayer so often in meetings and we hear it so often in recovery that we can sometimes lose like sight of just like, if you truly live this to the deepest. But, you know, for the Stoics, it's not about change and what you can change. It's about what you control and what you can't control. But if you can, like, really live this to its fullest, then, like, you can have leaps and bounds improvement in your life and living a good life. Isn't that right? Yep, that's absolutely right. A lot right. of leaps and bounds. So so let me ask you this. Because you, your base is in 12-step recovery. Uh, you're familiar with then, I would imagine, pages 83 and 84 of the big book, which says, you know, if you are painstaking about this pr- phase of your development, you'll be amazed before you're halfway through, right? And and then it goes on to list 12 promises that can come true. Um, where are you at with, with this phase of your life? Have the promises come through to you? Have you have you regained the relationship with, did you have a job? Have you gained a relationship with your kids? Are you... Uh, you know, are all those things coming back into play now over time? So where I'm at in my phase of life right now, and I guess this is the thing for anyone that might be out there new in recovery um, that might be listening to this is they've come back, but they come back in very unexpected ways. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, I love it's that. like it's um, I have a career that I love. I have a career that I love now, but it wasn't something that I was doing like before or during my addictions. Right. It was something that I discovered in my re- my recovery. Right. If if I if I knew that I was going to be doing this kind of work, um, actually, no one would like before I went into sobriety. I would have never even fathomed that uh, I would be doing what I'm Derek, doing. Derek, same thing with me. Yeah, yeah it wasn't yeah. even on my radar. <laughs> Ditto. Yeah. So yeah. The, so and, the promises come true, but not the way you expect them. But they're they're even better. Yeah. No. That's definitely that's definitely what happens. But and the the other thing too, I guess, to bring out there is when it comes to relationships. I actually just shared at a. I, I was a speaker at a meeting just a few weeks back. And someone was talking to me about how they want their relationships back. But the guy was maybe like a few weeks into his sobriety. And I'm just like, he wanted his family back and his, like, he wanted his kids back as soon as possible, you know, like talking to him. And I was telling him, I'm like, no, it it could happen. I'm not going to guarantee it, you Mm -hmm. know, but it could happen, but it takes a while. Like, I have a relationship with my daughter that's stronger than ever. 
like we are really 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 close but it took me a while into my recovery to get to this point and i kind of joke about it in the book which is my daughter's 15 and she actually actually text messages me text messages me back now and mm -hmm. that's kind of an achievement when you realize that a 15 year old will actually send back a text to right. you you know so yeah the promises do happen it's just the main thing is just time and just to understand like i was saying which is how you might view what the promises will be like in your the first time that you read it it may not be that way when you look back on it like years later, but you realize that they've come about. Yeah, Mikey knows that I'm I'm going to jump in. Yep. So the first time I heard the promises, first of all, I'd been to two years worth of meetings, and they read them at the end of the meeting. And I, I turned to the guy next to me. I'm like, man, they're amazing. I said, when do we start reading those? He said, Glenn, we read them at the end of every meeting you've been to for the last two years. And, and I remember that night going home and making a list of all of the promises, I wanted to come back. I wanted, you know, my my Volvo racing car back. I I, I wanted uh, the 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 big square footage house. I wanted the big job and salary and money and relationships and all that. I remember going back to my. I, I live with a buddy, a sober buddy, and I wrote them all down. And and what I can tell you today, with a hundred percent assuredness, that every single one of those promises are coming true for me today, and they look nothing like that original <laughs> list. Man. And the only thing I can attribute that to is I worked the third step. Mm -hmm. Is, you know, I turned my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand him. And and that's, so I have God's promises that he has blessed me with today. Not Glenn's ego-driven mm -hmm. will, mm -hmm. right? And and so, yeah, I mean, I I... I love how that works. So, Derek, quick question. How how long do you have uh, sober? I've been sober since April of 2018. So this is, awesome. you know, a little over five years and a few months, you know? That's great, man. That's great. Yeah. Great to write a book. Yeah, it's 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 just been and and you know for me one of the things that I went into and maybe you can point cl clarify this a little bit but one of the questions that I had going into reading the book because uh, I like Glenn uh, took the third step very seriously and took the second second step very seriously and um, and and I I asked myself D is philosophy counting on Mike right because I know Mike isn't strong enough to to accomplish. I, I've learned that now over the decades. Mike's Mike's strength and Mike's wisdom is not enough. I need to rely on a power greater than myself. Can I have philosophy and spirituality at the same time? I finished reading this book with an emphatic yes. Um, I've been given gifts, and I've been given the gift of thought. I've been given the gift of continued education, right? So the the will, the willingness and eagerness to grow and to learn, and um, I found that this is augmented my journey um, certainly left me with no conflict about my spirituality. I'm, I'm right in check with that. Would you find that to be the case with, with Stoicism? Yeah, I think that's kind of, that's the whole thing what people can misunderstand is they think that philosophy and spirituality have to like battle against each other yeah. when they don't realize the fact that they can actually work with each other. That's my point, right? Yeah, many of the Stoics, they they believe in God. It's God is their higher power. Mm -hmm. And 
that that's the same case for me. Mm -hmm. And I like how you pick that up, which is, I know that early in our recovery, we need to turn like our will over to our higher power and, you know, rely on our higher power as we're getting our feet underneath us. Mm -hmm. But then it comes to this point to realize that at the same time, our higher power has also part of that will is our higher power has put in, put things inside of ourselves mm-hmm. for to help guide us. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just embracing those gifts that the higher power, like you're saying, like your thought, your rational mind, you know, the things that people don't realize just the, you know, wonderful gift that's been given to us mm-hmm. by our higher power and being able to think. <laughs> right. And, yeah, but one, um, one, one thing for me in early in sobriety is my – my inner gut, right? Mm-hmm. So what you were referring to, Derek, it was messed up. Right. Um, it, my compass was no longer following true, true north. north. Right. My compass was following self and ego. And, and so anything that came out of Glenn mm-hmm. was either self or ego driven, mm-hmm. right? Could care less about anybody else. Um, my higher power for a year plus, almost two years, was my counselor, mm-hmm. who I surrendered to him on the Friday mm-hmm. afternoon floor. Like, dude, I will do anything you tell me to do. He was my instant higher power. Secondly was my sponsor. Mm-hmm. Thirdly was the guys in AA. Fourthly was the program of AA. And then, then eventually I found this thing called God, who I reconnected with and unlearned a lot of stuff. Um, but... I'm telling you, if anything in my first 18 months of sobriety that came from inner Glenn mm-hmm. was wrong mm-hmm. because I was centered mm-hmm. over time, my true north was off. Right. So I didn't have the confidence right. because anything that I spewed out of me was off. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was working with my higher power, my counselor, my sponsor, they, and the program of AA helped me recenter my true north and now I got my true north back which is my true god that I follow right, today right. my true higher power so do you mind so what would what would be interesting is what a stoic would say to you is that yeah your inner gut was messed up <laughs> you know your true north was off but realistically deep down inside you were using your rational mind because you were basically saying, my gut's messed up. I'm going to go talk to my counselor. I'm going to go to AA meetings. Those were actually all smart decisions that you were making yourself. Right. And so, so I think- So, that- so what, what drove that? And, and we used the term CBT earlier. I, I was working with, you know, this was in my four-month rehab program, working with the counsel, you know, counselors and CBT and all that. And-, and what what they said is they they brought my true north at that time. They said, look, <coughs> because they were painting this picture of a cycle, right, of uh, the cycle of addiction, and 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 they asked me to paint a picture of who I was in third grade, mm-hmm. right? Okay, and and mm. and they said that person is still in you, mm-hmm. and and I literally listed like fifteen really cool attributes, mm-hmm. and and they're like, that's who you are, mm-hmm. right? And and as a person and and I identified and I said, you know what? I like that. 
I can relate to that. That's who I was. I behaved like that, mm-hmm. and 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 then I started. So yeah, I you know I somewhat see that Derek, and uh, you know I've been through some good help. Yeah. You know, to to get where I'm at today. Yeah, and I think I think the real I think here's the real beauty um, is that having you on Derek and having read the book, you know, you found and I think Glenn, you'll appreciate this. You found recovery, the answers to recovery, and you found hope and you found progress through 12-step recovery. But you get to a point, um, it's not a bad point, but it's just a point where you say, now what? You know, okay, I've stopped the drink. Things naturally are getting better. I know where my car is parked. I, I don't puke myself. You know, I don't urinate myself. Okay, things are better. I smell better. But now, due to alcohol. Right. But now what? <laughs> right. And and I think I think that's the real beauty of of your writing is it says, here, there are some principles, some virtues you can now embrace and even achieve more. You can you you can feel you can be more that person that you were meant to be if you follow these philosophies. And so I, I really um, you know, it's got a big five star in my book, but we'll leave it up to other people. And by the way, very well written, very easy to read. I, you know, I, I'm going to be honest. When you quote, um, when you quote the Stoses, I'm like, "Thee art thou, or art thou?" And uh, for those part, do not have superfluous look. Indeed, blah. I'm like, blah blah blah. Derek, tell me what they're saying. And then, and then you come, you come to, you come to to my aid, and you tell me what they're saying. I'm like, okay, I get that, you know. So. Yeah, I'd encourage people to read it. And and uh, how do people find you online then? Uh, they can find me uh, Instagram. I'm the Sober Stoic. I have a website also under the Sober Stoic, and the book can be found on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. They can kind of reach out, find it anywhere there. Well, I'd, I'd appreciate it if they give poor Mrs. X Bezos, you know, 50 cents on the dollar. <laughs> that lady's struggling, man. <laughs> so, yeah. That's awesome. Hey, Derek, thank you so much, man. I, I really I appreciate you. I appreciate the book. Um, I hope to have you back on again. Again, it was a lot a lot to unpack there in a half hour, but you, you, yeah. did, a, you did a great job. We really appreciate you, and uh, we'll look for you on the co- co- uh, curator as well. So. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for Thanks, having Derek. me on. Like I said, you love your it, guys' man. podcast. All right. You know, love you. Thanks, right. Derek. Thanks for joining us for today's Coffee Chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at sober.coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution.